You're listening to the GD Podcast, the official podcast of Gaming Dads. Legends in game, heroes at home. What's up, everybody? It's Mike, Matt, and Clay with our producer, David. And today on the GD Podcast, we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Therapeutic, to say the least. <laughs> but what what I really want to hear is I want to hear Matt's version of the Gaming Dad's theme song because Matt has a <laughs> Matt sings a version of the Gaming Dad's theme song. Gaming That's what Dads, I'm... put your penis here. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe maybe you don't remember it. But no, I do. <clears throat> okay. Oh, okay. We're gaming dads. We're gaming dads, a motherfucker. We're gaming dads. That's, it. <laughs> That's as far as I yes. go. Yes. Re- That's all it needs to be. <laughs> We're gaming dads, motherfucker. <laughs> I really thought that was going to be like a, you know, like a, what is it, you know. I thought it was going to be like a soccer chant or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, like that. GD. <laughs> Gaming dads, GD, no women allowed. <laughs> it's getting, it gets very Viking really fast. I have the beard. I'm channeling my inner Viking. Oh man, it's a year old. My beard. It's a year old. I man. saw that. I didn't wish it happy birthday yet, but I saw the oh. post. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe. I wanna. I wanna. We'll see how long it lasts. I always get to a point where my like my beard it, it's full and it's rich and i love it and then there's this one time where i'm like mm, ow, 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 i just eat something yeah, like, with the hair on my lip yeah I've, and i'm we, like we've had to oh, increase God, our supply shit. of baby wipes for that reason i have a <laughs> i have a pack next to me every time i have a messy meal <laughs> i'll have chicken yeah. supreme and i look at my wife and she'll just look at me like you look disgusting <laughs> white sauce down my chin Put it in my chest now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I mean, my full time job, I work as an arts administrator, but like I have to wear a button up shirt and a nice fleece and khakis and all that. So it's not like a big beard is is necessarily I mean, you can absolutely keep a beard well and and I think my boss would be a little more understanding. It's more just my I think it's my personal shit since I'm also kind of a salesperson for the programs that I create at the art center. I don't want to be like, look, Missy, you're going to sign up for this <laughs> by Odin's beard. You will sign up for this class. <laughs> so I, I trim it back. I still, I, I will never really go without the beard because it makes a jawline for me. But I, <laughs> I uh, the only time I ever fully will shave the beard is to fuck with Melissa and I leave the mustache (laughs) and I leave as much of the mustache as I can. But I shave everything else and I look like my dad in the 70s. My little girl, my youngest, my four year old will come to me. Daddy, you look like a girl because you have no beard because I have no beard whatsoever. Um, And I'll shave and then I'll immediately get carded for a soda. (laughs) <laughs> my kids would hate they would they would stop speaking to me if i got rid of it my wife would be happy very happy mine mine likes me clean shaven um but i'm lazy but it's getting at the point where i only can have two or only can have one i can't have long hair and a beard or i look homeless 
That's kind of me right now, to be honest. Beard, beard to hair ratio. It, it's short or long on one of them. Right. You can't have both um, unless you're leading a cult or a grunge band. That's good to know. Or if you're taking bolts across the English Channel <laughs> to invade Europe. <laughs> I've never grown a beard in my life. No? No, look, I haven't shaved in two days. I look like this in like five, dude. This is me after two days. Okay. It's just genetics a, then. You just don't really yeah. have the full... It's got a hairless... A hairless You're gene. a bumpluff, man. You know, even, my, even, my, even my chest, like, I've got... I'm oh, look at you, like a, you lucky like bastard. Like a dolphin, man. My arms... <laughs> dude, like... My arms is nothing. Look at, look at this shit. Look, look at this. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've got a rug. My legs. Sasquatch. <laughs> Hey, da is anyone, Dave, is it, you tempted oh, yeah, me. You tempted me with those wares. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, I'm hairless. I'm like a dolphin. Like a dolphin? Slippery like a dolphin. <laughs> like a dolphin. <laughs> the hair on my back has the hair on its back shaved frequently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am a fluffy dude. I don't have back hair, but if I wear shorts, it looks like I chopped the legs off of Sasquatch and just attached the bitches. It's like Teen Wolf, where he forgot to change all of him. Right. Sticking out of the basketball shorts. Yeah. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on that note, should we crack on with this? Sure. Sure. How do you want to start? I'll just straight up ask you um, something we discussed in, the, in, one of the other, in one of the other episodes. You were talking about how you uh, gain... D and D with your with your family. Like how how do you go about that? Like what 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 do you do? What where is what what websites you use? Like what is what is the fundamentals of of D and D and what what does it represent? And what do you sort of how can we follow on like from there? Sure. So the fundamentals of D and D are pretty much theater of the mind. That's all it is. It's, it's well-portrayed theater of the mind. And there's, there's two different camps in D&D, &D, um, solid camps. And it goes for both players and DMs or dungeon masters, which is just honestly, uh, the DM is also a player, but he's playing the world and the environment yeah. you're in. The DM um, is the one that could afford the books. Pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. Or knows where to get them off the internet to look at and then hand them back. We'll say it that way. Basically, the fundamentals is you have these books, you player's handbook, which is the bit, the main book you need to play D&D. Um, tells you how to create characters, how to do backgrounds, how to do all this stuff with it, and how to add it all to a character sheet. Um, and do all the stats, because it is a dice game. You roll a D20 to get all your stats. If I want to go jump off of a ledge and it's more than 10 feet, I'm going to need to roll an acrobatics to see how I land. And if I land rough, I'm going to take more damage than just, you know, up. okay, it's one point of damage because you landed a little funny. Um, but doing it with family, how we do it, so we don't run a table game with our girls, really. They have a gaming group they do on Roll20, which is a site that has... Free access and paid access. Both are about the same, save some dynamic lighting and some other things here and there. Um, but they game, um, and they game with a, another DM who DMs children, um, which is not as easy as you think it is. Um, no. <laughs> and so uh, they do that. And then me and my wife, um, we run a local game at our house. Um, every Monday. So we'll be gaming for us. The time this is being recorded, we'll, we'll be gaming tomorrow for us. 
and then we do every Friday night and Saturday night. That's awesome. And so we have one campaign with a friend on Friday night from Canada. Um, and then my campaign is on Saturday nights. Um, and for me, I actually just ended my campaign over a year. It's lasted over or about a year. And uh, it just recently ended. Um, we closed it up, buttoned it all up, you know, finished the stories and everyone got got the in credit role, you know, completed job well done. And it's such a it's such an awesome, bittersweet feeling when a whole campaign comes to a close. It is, especially because it's my homebrew. That's so awesome. That's homebrew great. is the term. So there's mod modules or adventure paths, which are books um, that are published by the company Wizards of the Coast for D&D fifth edition. And they have everything you need to know about the world, all the characters you can fight, all the monsters you're going to fight, everything they're going to do. You know, if they go here, this happens. If they take two steps this way, this happens. Like, it's all lined out for you. I'm a home brewer, so I have created a world um, out of a character called Darkwater. Um, and I have all these continents. I have Darkwater. I have Dryden. I have uh, Rokor, which is a, a goblin territory or an orc territory. I have Kunrith. Um, I have Warfell, I have Algo, and I have the Vile. So I have all these places in this on this map, and you can travel to any of them. Um, and what you do affects the world. Um, and so we just started a storyline in the in that world, and we just ended it. Um, so it's been a home. I've written everything they've done, basically going through it. Um, which to say is the two camps. Um, there's narrative DMing. And then there is combat DMing or power DMing. Narrative <laughs> DMing is based on story and what you do. So you're not just using the books to roll some dice to hit a monster and kill it like a video game. You're not button mashing. You're more interested in on the narrative side of why are we fighting this monster? Why are we trying to kill the big bad guy? Can we persuade him not to be bad? Is there things we can do in the world? Um, we're going to go on a lot of side quests because we want to know more about the environment and we want to affect all these things. And then the power gamer side or power DM side is very much, I roll dice, I hit it, I win. I roll dice, I hit it, I win. I roll dice, I hit it. And it's just so repetitive. Um, I fall into the narrative side um, or have in the last couple of years at least. Yeah, I think there's definitely times where I like I the the itch could get scratched for lack of a better term and right. you you sit down and you have like a one-off session and it might just be all fighting right um that happens a lot of conventions so I went to Gen Con for a couple of years now okay, which yeah. if if people aren't familiar with it it is the gaming convention yeah. for tabletop board games card games um it's where D&D launched yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Is that so, a Gen Con? and it's in um it's in uh indiana every year and they um it's basically just a collection all the all the publishers and things come out and so yeah. sometimes but there's sometimes there's games that you can play so like hey do you want to be introduced to this game here's a great intro game it's two hours long you come in we make a character for you you choose you yeah know. um and so those are kind of fun off fun fun off sounds like a different thing those are fun one-offs <laughs> that you can uh that you can play that are like mostly combat but yeah it's yeah. it's a it's a beautiful way for storytellers to tell a story and the players are storytellers too i play yeah. a couple of different so if we're talking about D D specifically 
they they open it up especially in the fifth edition the latest edition they welcome you to let go of any rules you don't want to use and create whatever rules you want to use because it's your world i've played other games like kids on bikes which is basically like imagine doing your own storytelling version of stranger things or stand by me or something like that and it's way more narrative based sometimes whoever wins the role gets to take over the story and they say what happens next because they were the ones who were successful in D and D that I think most of the time the players will tell the story through their actions because you, yeah. you create a character depending on how in depth you want to get, you create a backstory. Um, and there's all these modifiers depending on what kind of race they are or what kind of class they are. Are they a fighter? Are they a wizard? Are they a druid? You know, you kind of tell the, you guide the story through your actions, but the DM, the dungeon master's guide or the game master, I say GM now a lot because of other games. Yeah. It's really only a dungeon master if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons uh, officially or wizards will come (laughs) after you. (laughs) No, but if anybody would, it would be them. They're pretty good about their proprietary stuff. Oh yeah, but it's 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 kind of awesome to tell a story. And I I come from a professional theater world. I was a sound designer in a professional theater world. Nothing is better than playing a storytelling game, you know, D and D or whatever with theater people. That it's awesome because even the yeah. ones, even the people who are techies and behind the scenes, they're still there because they love a good story. They're still in theater because they love, you know, a fantastic tale. And that's, you know, we touched on it a little bit in one of our other conversations where I feel like creating a character that maybe isn't exactly you, but there's always a piece of you in everything that you create, yeah. whether it's a character or a song or whatever. Um, I think it's it's a really an amazing experience to be able to do fantastic things and yet still have sort of a grounded connection to the creation you have you know there's a lot of a lot of really awesome experiences you get to have when you're playing a character um and telling a story with them i have a question for you about that then um so as someone who's never played it except for the chicken the clucky incident yeah except for my yeah except for my uh experience with clucky working at mcdonald's but yeah so to the average gamer who hasn't played it before like myself i've never played it properly anyway um thing that made me always curious about it with it being tabletop and wanting to get my kids into that more how do you feel uh, how would you explain it to someone who's not maybe knows nothing about it like what how does it benefit me on a personal level why is it worth me investing time into getting to learn it and how would you say it kind Mm. of benefits your family especially the kids how do you get them involved at certain ages and keep their um their interest in it I so we ha- we have a ten year old, an eight year old, and a four year old in our home. And so, what we do, um, and and kind of how we've always sold it is, um, it's kids are naturally bent; they live in the world of D anD D twenty four seven. They're because their imagination is already everything is new and different, and they're shaping the world because of how they see it, and their imaginations are just designing it for them. Um, What benefits with them um, is that it encourages that; it encourages creativity. So, like, take this for example: when you're fighting a monster and you're you can't damage the monster, how are you going to hurt it? You're going to outthink it. So they're going to climb up on this and they're going to push a rock on it and it's not going to hurt the monster, but it's going to pin it. 
mm-hmm. or they're going to lead it to a trap or they're going to make this or, you know, so it create, it does creativity and problem solving. So it's teaching them problem solving in an environment that is one safe um, or should be safe uh, two well orchestrated, but also designed to fit their needs because every yeah. DM will or GM will design an area, even if it's a pre-made book to fit their players needs. So if you have more aggressive players who want to do more combat and it's an RP book where there's a lot of dialogue, he'll change that RP into combat scenes where they're having the dialogue as they're fighting to keep his players interested. I play with, um, I've played with my kids too and they're 10, 9, and well now they're 10, 10, and 7. But they, um, when you, first of all, when you introduce it and you're like, we're going to create characters and we're going to, we're going to tell a story together in a fantasy world where you get to be a, a fighter or a wizard or a thief. The one thing that I, that really got me about it was that it's, first of all, it's, it's time together. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's time together as a family where you're around the table and you're not necessarily zoned out on a screen or everybody doing their own thing. And, you know, um, so, but it's also, it also teaches cooperation in that, you know, if everybody's got to sneak into a cave so that they don't wake up the sleeping giant, you can't have one person who's like, I want to go fuck up the giant. Leroy you know? Jenkins style. <laughs> yeah. <that's> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, 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 I think it, I think it does great team building. You know, the first group that I ever really got to DM for was a group of fellow theater people that I worked with and it was this fan. It was basically the production department of my first theater home. And we really bonded over this game. We played this game for three years and I will never, I will never regret anything more than not being able to finish that campaign because it had a perfect ending point and I didn't want it to end. So I deus ex machina some new additional stuff and then it all fell apart and everybody got different jobs and it moved away and, for whatever oh. reason, we never got to finish it. It's the worst. Um, but that that was also I did a homebrew campaign based on Stephen King's The Dark Tower, but oh, in okay, a, yeah, in a world before the magic had disappeared. So there were still wizards, ah, there were okay. still dragons, all that. It was just like a couple thousand years before his right. time. And like that for me too. I've always been a fair weather writer. You know, I'll have a story idea or a screenplay idea or a song idea and like never the inspiration to actually sit down and do it. And what doing a homebrew campaign did for me was really got my writing skills up because I was very concerned about what's the dialogue this villain's going to say, man, it can't be super cheesy unless, you know, the game calls for that. But like, I wanted it to be, real i wanted my players to feel like oh this guy has real motives for being the villain um and then likewise it's really amazing improvisational skills and theater and it keeps your wit sharp because you have no idea you can plan a thousand different ways for a session to go and the minute you put five people there who don't care what your plans were for the session (laughs) they have their own conjecture their own paranoia their own ideas and now all of a sudden, oh, no one's going to the mountain pass where I prepared my entire campaign. What do you do? You wing it. <laughs> and you wing it the best you can with the knowledge of, okay, what monsters can I throw at them now? And yeah. you know, I, I always ask too, like, hey, give me a couple of minutes to look up something. But hopefully not in the middle of, a, of an engaging, you know, you don't want to yeah. stop the train to say, let me find a monster for us to fight. So I would keep like, I would keep quick little 
cards and stuff nearby so i could be like it's a bugbear here you go (laughs) with a troll and a unicorn i guess whatever (laughs) where you find all this is honestly super easy so you can go for free and build a base character on dnd beyond it's a website Mm -hmm. if you go to dnd beyond um, and you can build a base character. You're not going to get a lot of fluff. You're not going to get a lot of things, but it will teach you how to do so, and it will compile all the numbers for you. Um, or you can go buy the book. Here in the States, the core rule books, anywhere from 25 to 40 bucks, depending yeah. on the sale, depending on when it is. Um, and all you need to play is the player's hand guide, the player's handbook. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you really all- don't even... That's true. You don't even need the DM's guide. No, um, and honestly, even if you're going to DM, all you need is the player's handbook. <laughs> yeah, because the wor- because it, it's it's based on your imagination and your world. Now, the the DMG or the the Dungeon Master's Guide gives you more rules and explains a bunch more stuff in depth. But again, they tell you at the beginning of that book, this book it could be complete horseshit, pretty much. Like they're right, like, look, yeah. you can use this or not. Um. And of course, there's already other supplement books for more monsters. There's, you know, other play styles. There's a new book that has changed the entire way the game is played a little bit with Thassa's Cauldron of Everything. Um, so it's completely <laughs> shattered everything. Um, but that's, but it's really accessible. I have um, to go look for that. Yeah, Thassa's Cauldron. I didn't changed, realize Thassa had a book. <laughs> yeah, Thassa's Cauldron of Everything. Um, and the cool thing about that book, so here's, here's how D&D is based on community, real quick also. Thassa was a name of a girl who wrote Gary Gygax, the creator of D&D, and wrote her, and he wrote her back. And so, and it was this cute little story that they had of this little girl writing about D&D and, hey, talk, asking questions and all this stuff as she was playing. Well, so they named a book after her and made her a real character in the world of D&D years later now. Um, that's and they awesome. named it, and, and they named a spell after her. Thassa's Hideous Laughter is a spell in D&D that's named after this little girl. Um, so it's always been family-oriented, and it's always been community-oriented. Um, but yeah, it's super easy to find. You don't need to know all the rules. You just need to have one person know most of them. Yeah. And that's, that's the DM, because he'll direct you. Um, they'll be like, hey, you, you're going to roll that D20 and you're going to add that number where it says this and you're going to do this. Um, now yeah, what are ev- you doing? Every character when you create it basically has six attributes that define you know, where your strengths and your weaknesses are. And then yeah. within those attributes, there are skills that are listed that you can say you had training in. So I, I trained yeah. in this, I trained in uh, deception or in survival. And so you get a little extra bonus when you roll your die. But it's really a guide, you know, because the players will think of things that are not on that skill list. And you kind of have to go, I guess, use intelligence. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the, the sometimes it really is just the luck of the dice. One new mechanic that was added that I really like is advantage disadvantage, which is yeah. basically yeah. like if a scenario, you know, if, if you if you're going to pick a lock, but you have, you know, 10 minutes to do it you can roll with advantage and it gives you two opportunities to succeed. And um, so it's, and there's little tweaks like that, that it, most of them came out of home brewed rules. I mean, that's yeah. why there's five different versions of D and D six, if you include 3.5, <laughs> but it's, um, but it, it, the, the rules can be as dense or as light as you want them to be, which is kind of cool. If you need guidance, the rules are there, but if you, if you and your players agree on something that you can decide with your imagination or a, a different way, 
yeah then it's game it's all about just telling the story and killing orcs i'm i'm sold man i've wanted to play it for a long time um another interesting well two-part question then tell me uh what's the most unusual or entertaining situation you either created or one that you had to create in response to people you were playing with like did it did their decisions and things lead you to create something unusual and the second part of the question what was the outcome so i want to know something interesting give me a snippet of one of your campaigns like your best moment okay go ahead i was gonna say i have one but if clay's got one i want to hear hear from both of you (laughs) <laughs> so this is this is actually the main story became the main story arc of my campaign I just ended. <laughs> um, so I have a party where they just started. They have their mission from the main good guy, because um, usually in D and D you have the main quest giver for the main story arc. Like think the Graybeards. Yeah. You know he's the Graybeard, and so he's giving the main story to go out and do something. Um, well, they're going to this little city called Vukaro, and. It's it's been like it's it pretty much think we happy few. Everyone has a smile on their face, but they're dead inside. So gotcha. super eerie, just super odd. And they know they're going to this place. Well, they come to this crossroads, and there's one. This party doesn't have a healer, so their method of healing is kill it before it hurts us. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I'm like, shit. I need to give them a healer. And so all my experience is I'm gonna throw some big things at them soon. So I need someone to heal their ass so I don't kill these these brand new characters just out the gate right because the dm is always secretly on the side of the players because you need the story to continue (laughs) yeah and so i'm like shit so i give them this character named phineas who has a little brother it's a 16 year old kid who's a cleric and pretty much they they take him he tries to fight him he gets his ass whooped and his pants stole off of him well he has a little brother um he has a little brother and they're like what's the little brother's name and i'm like motherfucker i didn't think of the kid's name so i named him ferb so phineas and ferb um we're traveling with um with with them and i'm like it's working we're doing it it's going they're laughing cool basically one of my characters um her her character's name was ashran um started like having feelings for phineas and all this stuff happens pretty much and he gets aged by a ghost because in the game the ghost can age you 1d 10 years or something like that from a certain hit and so he gets aged to 30 38 years old and he's now this heartthrob looking thing basically the main character was a lich the main character was a dead lich like sauron and had to inhabit a body to win so guess who i inhabited the body with because of them because she fell in love with this character and it was like emotional i was told by my players i can't kill this npc on multiple occasions um an npc is a non-player character and so they fell in love with this character that I meant just to, to like heal for a little bit and just fucking peer. But now I made him possessed by the main BBEG where they had to go and fight her love and the party's like Ooh. best friend and had to kill him to save him. Um, and so like that is by far the oddest thing I've ever had to do is where an NPC becomes this fucking figurehead. You know, I made the kid as scrawny as I could, and they're like, "We love him." <laughs> like, son of a bitch. <laughs> That's awesome. That is beautiful. That won't. That that certainly tops mine. Uh, there's there's a couple of different things that I can think of where I just had to sort of completely change gears or um, 
you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. First of all, let me say Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition is probably my favorite edition so far. Cause I think they took a lot of what, what worked about three and what was a lot, what was great about the speed and the pace of yeah. four and they combined them and then they gave you your freedom back to do other yeah. things. They also added this thing called legendary resistances, which are really important. It basically means, Oh, you have a legendary creature like a dragon or a God or a deity and your your party succeeds on a roll against them, he can say, no, they didn't. It is a, yeah. just a, for whatever reason, you can just use one of your legendary resistances and say, no, story trumps rules. Get out of my house. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but so we were playing, but we were playing fourth edition and fourth edition Ooh. is basically, you know, it's like if a button mashing video game came yeah. to life, they did away with a lot of the autonomy about character development and they just gave you powers that you could use for different numbers of times you could use them yeah. at will or you could use them once a day or whatever and it just turned into people using the same powers over and over again same three spells everything yeah so i had my play the like you know my players are like we want to we want to fight a dragon it's dungeons and dragons it's been like a year and a half we've never seen a dragon so i finally brought a dragon in they were in they were in this elf world in the fey wild and they were in these treetop villages so they're hundreds you know hundreds of miles or whatever above the the forest floor and they come across a dragon and they they un unknowingly fall into this dragon's lair inside this tree and i am i'm ready to give them you gave it layer action yes so i'm Good i'm asshole. ready to give them a knockdown <laughs> drag out fight with a dragon in its lair and they in its layer, yeah. But again, oh. this is this is fourth edition, so I didn't have any like concept of of you know legendary resistances or whatever. Right. I was trying to obey the 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 interests of the players and the dice when the dice would roll. So they come into the layer, and I imagine I'm right away. I'm like they're gonna roll initiative, but I put on my dragon voice and I'm like, who goes there? Why are you? Why are you disturbing my rest and all that? <laughs> and they start a conversation with this dragon and i'm like i'm i'm not having it i'm like you're an invader it's time for you to die you know and i'm like ready to attack and they attempt a bluff check and they want to bluff the dragon into believing that they are spirits that have just fallen into the tree and they're just <laughs> passing through or whatever so i i wait i wait for the roll and she rolls a 20, which on a 20-sided die is a critical success. It is supposed to be no matter what, it succeeds. And I look at it and I was just like, oh, crap. All right, well, um, let's, well, what, what do I do? Okay, so I say, well, so I was like, well, the, dragon's, the dragon is confused by your story and it gives you, you know, it gives you a moment to leave. Like it gives you your opportunity to get out of its lair. And they go, nope. <laughs> no, we still want like we still want the treasure. We just want the dragon to be to be confused by us. And I'm like, you guys, I just gave you your out. You got your success. You you confuse the dragon enough that it's there. You know, it's good. It's good to go. So they start in again and they're like, well, we're you know, we really need to take this. We really need to take this treasure with us. And I'm like, OK, there's no way that the dragon's going to fall for this. <laughs> She's like, well, I want to I want to bluff him again and I want to convince him that I'm I'm going to keep it safe. And I'm just like, fine, whatever, do it. So she rolls and she gets a 20 again in a <laughs> row. And I'm just like, I, 
I like everyone. They're all looking at me. Seven players are looking at me and they're like, we bluffed a dragon. And I'm like, I can't not do it. Like, I can't be like, screw you guys. Here's the fight that I had planned. Um, so I said, well, you know, I was like, fine. I was like, the dragon looks very concerned for its treasure. And it kind of mumbles and okay, well, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking care of it. And the dragon went away. (laughs) They bluffed a dragon. And my, my only solution for it was, well, I guess you guys get the experience for defeating the dragon. (laughs) Like you, you successfully bluffed a dragon and then later down the line so i had this whole like awesome fight set up and i wound up using it later down the line when they were in the elf world and the really high trees again there was another dragon this time that came after them and this time they didn't bluff it and i was actually able to use the encounter again later when they were higher levels and the way it ended was they uh we they broke through the trees and they were falling and they were fighting the dragon as they were falling in the sky and so the dragon was like swooping around but they were they were making they were making rolls and again it was fourth edition so at this point they were like level 16 which meant they were gods they yeah. could do they could do no wrong they're rolling 38s and 37s whenever they yeah. roll the dice because they're adding so many so many bonuses to it so they wind up killing this dragon midair and then they sailed it into the ocean to the ground so they while they're falling in the air they basically all take a part of this dragon and they like they threw their ropes to each other and they're tying its wings up so that it would glide down and they landed it in the ocean. And again, they were hitting, they were nailing these rolls. I'm like, I guess you tie the rope around their wing. Like I can't, <laughs> this story is too fucking cool. I can't yeah. like, I can't stop it now. So there's the, so I got the best of both worlds. I got the, the players got to say that they bluffed a dragon and I still got my fight with a dragon falling out of the sky while they were battling it. Sometime, I don't know if we necessarily want to talk about it now, but sometime I, I can tell you about my favorite mission that I ever did was basically a girls' night, boys' night, where they each had to do their own mission, and then it wound up converging. That sounds interesting. And, and then they would, like, go forward. That's cool. So, yeah, my question, um, so my oldest, has uh, he has ADD. <clears throat> but this is right up his alley in terms of, like, I know that this would suit his personality. Like, where do I start with him? Because obviously, being in lockdown right now, there's nothing. There's nothing local. There's nothing open. Like, where can I start him on something online? Um, and then mm. the other question I'll ask after that. Um, but the other question is actually I'll ask him now. So the other question being like. What's a good one for me to start with my family? So, I, like for a good Friday night around the table, um, is there anything like I don't know? Like, can is, can I do like a Harry Potter uh, style tabletop game or a Star Wars? Because I know those are two things that they're, they're really into. So, if there was some sort of world around that, like, where do I start cultivating that? So, firstly for my son, but then like secondly for the family. So, I would say one for your son. I would say get them watching role to, uh, Critical Role. Uh, Critical Role is a group of people dedicated to, well, the art of D&D. They literally get paid to do this, and they're all paid voice actors and actors. Um, it is the, what we call the top echelon of D&D and DMing and player 
type of like it's what you so like uh the their dm is the voice of um mccree in overwatch so like the guy who Hanun, you know, like he he's he's this big name. They do all this stuff, and it's really really good. And they do a lot of homebrew and a lot of stuff like that. But it is D and D fifth edition, um, and it's and, critical role like like role playing R O L E, yeah, not roll like the dice, yeah. Um, and so get watching that. And for anyone out there listening, Critical Role is a great place to start. Um, my personal favorite is Glass Cannon, um, but that's oh, a I don't Pathfinder know that either. Uh, it's a Pathfinder based, um, which Pathfinder is exactly like D&D, just more rules um, for older players who don't know. Uh, it's 3.5 updated. That's all it is. Um, <laughs> right. It's 3.5 D&D updated. Um, literally, because the same people when they were making 4th edition, the people who made 3.5 for D&D left and created Paizo, um, who made the Kingmaker game that came out and everything. So, um, But that, for a game for the family, um, if you're looking for a book, like a good book to do it, Dragon Heist um, is a good campaign. It's 24 sessions. Um, it's a very oh, quick nice. game, 24 sessions. It goes to like level 12, super easy to do, super basic. Um, it's literally the names in the title, Dragon Heist, you know? <laughs> um, and it tells you how to do everything in the book. Um, you, again, you can get a PDF and or an actual hard copy of it. Um, but if you're looking for Star Wars, there's an actual setting for that. Yeah, West End um, Games makes uh, yeah. a D6 based, so all you need is six-sided dice. Yeah, for that, and they one. have three different categories. They have Empire, Rebels, and I think they have another one. I mean, I think it's it's like um, Outskirts or the Smugglers and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's Rebels, Empire, and then like Smugglers and Underworld, basically. Yeah. Um, so it depends on what side of the the universe do you want to play on. You can do that, um, and so yeah, there's there's a lot of things like that, and that's its own system, it has its own rule set and everything like that. But it's also a really great system. I mean, it's been running forever now. Yeah. Um, but that would be the first place I say start. But once you're looking to play a game online, go to Roll Twenty, create an account for free, and go onto their boards and go on there looking for game boards. You can search by date to play on, days to play on, time, uh, age ratings, all sorts of stuff. You can double, triple check to do so. Um, and, and that's a really great place. Um, and not every group's going to be perfect. You might bounce around between one or two until you find a group that you meld well with. And that's pretty normal, um, especially for the online uh, TTRPG community. Um, so don't be discouraged if you get a group and there's just a bunch of assholes. Don't be <clears> discouraged. <throat> That's just that group. Um, there is a group for everyone. Um, and if you want to be a part of a group of assholes, that's fine. That is your style. That's, that's cool. Um, you can find it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there is a group for everyone. Um, but I would definitely suggest doing that. Um, I'm actually surprised there's not a, a bigger Harry Potter one. I actually have a friend who was trying to, who was creating like a homebrewed Harry Potter based on D&D. Yeah, and I'm surprised there isn't one that's just like official and marketed that's out there yet. But maybe it's just I don't know. Maybe it's the wrong base. I but think I, I think mostly could be licensing issues as well. I think yeah, licensing be. because Harry Potter's by Warner Brothers, um, and Hasbro owns D and D technically. Um, oh, wow, really? Yeah, Hasbro because they own Magic the Gathering because Wizards of the Coast is owned by Hasbro. 
Um, they were procured from TSA. And even on Neverwinter, it comes up on the it comes up on the on the uh, thing that you yeah. play Neverwinter yeah. as well. Hasbro comes up. Um, so yeah, so I mean, they're they're kind of that. So depending on how Warner Brothers wants to do it, but um, yeah, there's but no fifth. I feel like I'm oh, sorry. Fifth edition D and D is a really is a pretty good starting place for yes. for mechanic understanding, and there actually is a starter set. There's a like a fifth edition starter set that I think has takes you through the first like five levels of character development or ten levels or something like that with a it's, short it's five. story five okay yeah and it's and it, it takes you like a like it gives you it gives you a basically a GM's guide except it cuts all the fluff out and it just yeah. tells you exactly how to run those missions um, but then of course you can work out your own stuff like once I had a I had a lost dog that I worked into my story because I knew that the seven-year-old was losing focus. And so I, I worked in like a puppy that was lost and they had to find the, the owner of the puppy. Yeah. And that wound up being the contact that they then went and then they continued the adventure. But the whole time he was just like, I rescued a puppy. And I was like, <laughs> job well done. <laughs> DM accomplished. And there's, there's like stranger things, stranger things, the, the game, the mm-hmm. actual D and D campaign they play in stranger things is a box set. Oh, nice. I didn't um, know that. We've played that through. That was my wife's first time DMing um, was through that. And it's what's what's called one offs. So a one off is only supposed to last maximum like three sessions. It's it's just an introductory. You know, you can make it last longer. Of course, like like Mike said, you can add to it and everything. Um, but um, but yeah, so there's and those boxes are gosh, I think the boxes are 40 bucks and it has everything for players and DMs to get going and get rolling. But either way, I think maybe not in the immediate future because it will take some planning and preparing. We definitely have to do a GD podcast one-off D and D game. I would love to do that. <laughs> I think Hell we should. Yeah. I think we should spend the time to like create characters and things like that. You know, yes. offline together. Yeah. But then, like, come in and be like, "Tell us about your character," and then let's get rolling. Because I, I think it'd be fun to do. I would love to, man. I already got it. The curse of cluckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's back, and he's a lich. Uh huh. The, lich the curse of cluckers. What are you doing? Uh, to has Clucky? returned from the deep fry. You can't do that to Clucky. Oh, Clucky's oh. gonna do things to you, Home Fry. <laughs> 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 he's gonna put the cluck in Chuck for sure. Nobody puts Clucky in the corner. <laughs> But no, it's it's an endless world, um, and that's that's the appeal to it. That's what got us into it is that it brings people together um, and allows you to step away. Um, it's like it's like playing Skyrim, but you actually get to become the fucking Jarl. Um, <laughs> you know, um, you you get to forge a narrative. You get to do all these things. You get to be like my favorite quote from a night's tale, you get to change your stars mm, yeah. because it's not up to anyone else. It, it's only up to you. Um, and you get to build these wonderful characters. You know, you, you get to build people who aren't you, who have their own personality, their own emotional scale, their own environments, you know, that they work well in. Um, and you get to be that person for a minute and you get to step away. Um, and it does it more than video games mm-hmm. in my mind because it, it it's, it's intimate. It's more intimate than a video game, in my opinion, because mm. you really have to think, okay, I'm watching Mike's barbarian die. 
and we've traveled together and we've shared bread and blood together, what am I going to do? I'm going to go stand in front of this character as I put a hand on him to heal him and stabilize him. And I'm going to fight in his place, even though I'm the wizard and I know I'm going to die. But he's covered my ass so many times. Naturally, in a video game, I'm like, dude, you, you're fucked. You walked into the wrong room, motherfucker. You know, yeah. like restart, restart, bitch. <laughs> um, you know, but in this, it's different. Um, you, you feel compelled to make choices you, your play style normally wouldn't make. Yeah, my, I will say my oldest son is a, is a, is a big dude and he's loud and he's boisterous and he's outgoing. And both times that we've sat down to create characters and play D and D, he has created a rogue who is stealthy. And my younger son, who is smaller and quieter, both times now has created a large dude who just rushes in and breaks doors down and knocks people over. And it's it's awesome to see them kind of connect with a side of themselves that yeah. maybe they don't get to experience in real life, but they have a safe outlet for wanting to run and kick a door down. You know, <laughs> they have a safe outlet for wanting to be sneaky and hiding and I'm going to pickpocket this person, but it's for the greater good. And uh, and it's again, it's another like awesome teaching opportunity yeah. or or just connection, just fun. Just remember that. Do you remember what we did the other night? Remember you saved the puppy from the thing? And yeah, that was fun. Well, and, and then here's, here's the cool thing. And I, I've seen this rarely, and I know we're going a little bit long, but the one difference between me and just standard video games versus D&D players, <clears throat> they will talk about experiences they have, like, the, like a euphoric recall. <laughs> which if anyone doesn't know what euphoric recall is, it's where your body literally releases endorphins for something like um, veterans get it when they're talking about being in a hole with someone and they remember that rush, you know, and they're telling war stories. D&D players tell the same type of stories because, you know, when we're talking about these events that are happening, it's it's so close to home because you put your heart and soul into it or you're remembering you know like you could see uh, mike got a little happier and a little happier and you could see his emotion growing when he was telling about the dragon falling and then fighting yeah. it's because you remember that and it's such either a good thing and this exciting thing that your body just naturally reacts and that's all of what D&D is, is getting to tell yeah. those type of stories over and over and over again to where when your players walk away, they're going to go to the other DM. Dude, you're going to have a hard time beating these stories. You know, <laughs> like that's the goal for a DM is to get players to be like, I have a high standard because of this bastard, you know, or the players, I, or the DMs, I have a high standard because my players are, are really great at RPing or combat or whatever, because that's what it's all about. Excellent. All right. So, is it is it like let's say uh, I wanted to create my own universe, so to speak? Like, where, what, where, where can I look at to sort of a place to kind of start that? Let's say I want to create, I don't know, a unit. Uh, I want it to be an X Men universe, for example. Like, where, where could I learn to start making my own X Men tabletop universe? That's a pretty so good question. You're going to look at three spots. Um, because they're all going to be about the same. So everything starts with visualization. Um, for, for me, at least, I have to visualize it before I can write it. Um, 
And so I have to have a concept of what that will feel like, what it will look like, names of places. So I use incarnate, incarnate, incarnate. Yeah. Right. It's like incarnate, um, but with ink. Yeah. Yeah. Incarnate. Um, and I've used them for years. Um, there is a free version, but you get to design maps of worlds, of regional maps, all these things and put words on them, put cities on them, and, and kind of fill out what it does. And so you get a visualization. Um, for writing, to like write out and visualize it, World Anvil. World Anvil has been used by writers for a while now. It's kind of a new app, but it's it's been around a hot minute. Um, and it's used for fantasy writers, world builders for books and movies and all this stuff. And you go in and it goes, what is the... Um, you know, government system, what's the currency, what's the, the warring countries, what, like you get to fill out all this stuff and it puts it into a document that you read like a PDF where it's like, okay, this country's warring with this highlighted, this country, click on that country, you know about that country and you get to start building this world. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that site. That sounds dope. What's that website wow. called? World Anvil. It's really good. It Watch the videos on how to use it. it. There is a slight learning curve um, because it uses, uh, some of it uses markdown coding um for people who markdown is just it's mostly a blog coding language it's really easy to use basic logic um just syntax um some of it uses that but that's more i think on the paid side of that site that uses that um and then for dungeon maps and like houses and building homes um dungeon fog dungeon fog is is a great thing um you get to you know, make corridors and homes and all this sorts of stuff in it. Um, I'm not sure what the free version has. Um, all these sites have a paid version and a free version. The free version does limit, but you still get to use it, download it, and make more in its place type of thing um, if necessary. Um, but honestly, the world starts in your head. It starts on a Google Docs page. Yeah. It starts, the world is this. Um, my world started out of a character I played named Logram Darkwater. Um, where his story was he was a direwolf or his parents were direwolves and this wizard came along and baffle polymorphed them into humans and his mother was pregnant with him. And so they have this ability where they're called nice. lycanths. They're called lycanths where they can tra willingly transform in and out of direwolf form and it's their race. Um, and so all these things and that that's what my character was. And so I just created the world because my DM was like, where does he come from? And I go, he comes from the Obsidian River. Hence the name Darkwater. Well, the Obsidian River runs through the region of Darkwater in the land of Ithra. And so I have all these places and then other, other countries developed. I have a Dorvin Kingdom, Warfell. I have you know all these places that kind of melded around it where I could fit all the races together. And so I yeah. just started piecing it all together. So it starts, it starts with you. Um, so if you want to build a Harry Potter world, what does that look like? Is it a fantasy? Is it in real life? Because D&D &D has all those already. They're beyond adaptable to make that happen. The, the mechanic side of it, which is, you know, how do, I, how do I show what my character can do and how well? Right. And then how do we decide what happens when... There are two conflicting forces, either my attempt versus a difficulty or my attempt versus someone's attempt to stop me. Yeah. And there's a there's tons of different systems. I mean, I if I was going to create anything from scratch, I would probably use D&D &D just because I know it best. 
but there's also a system called GURPS, which stands for Generic Universal Role-Playing System. And it was yeah. designed specifically to be like, do you want it to be in space? Do you want it to be historical fiction? Do you want to use, is everyone an insect and you're fighting in a miniature world? Like you can use this mm. system to do anything. Yeah. And it can get pretty complicated, but again, it can also get pretty simple. Um, there's the the game Kids on Bikes that I play. There's no maps. There's no um, there's no like board. There's no moving people around for combat. It's all narrative based. Oh, I love that. I, that's what I really want for my boys, especially. Yeah. So no, that's fine. And uh, so Kids on Bikes has a system where it's like the basic amount of information about your character so there's you know same thing there's six attributes but you you only get to assign oops, you only get to assign one die per attribute so you're really good at some stuff and you're really bad at other stuff and you have you can oppose roles with other with bad guys and characters and stuff like that but it's it's more about narrative control like you won the arm wrestling match so how does it end or, you know, you got your role was twice as high as the, the difficulty. So you told completely succeeded. And then some like, tell me the story about what you did. And, and it's, it's pretty flexible too, with if a player is not comfortable, you know, like being the center of attention like that and giving the narrative, they can just say, well, I want this to happen. And then, it, you know, as the game master, you can kind of spin the tail based on what they want. Um, but yeah, you could, I mean, you could play D and D without a map if you wanted, you know, there's, there's rules for the distance you are from somebody yeah. and what can hit and what can't. But like, if you just said you're, you know, you're in a small room and everybody's going to be close enough to get to each other or, okay, I want to run up the hill and get there. And the DM could just say, okay, well, it's actually going to take you two rounds to get there because it's, you have to climb the hill for a round and then the next round you'll be there. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about distances and stuff like that. But that's that's the 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 meat of it, the tools of it for mechanics. Um, you know, I've played, like I said, I've played stuff that's almost so narrative that you I think we picked up dice once during Kids on Bikes. The rest of the time oh, wow. it was just me telling a story, and then they said, Well, this is what I'm gonna do. And I said, Okay, then this happens. And you know, I had all this stuff, you know, I have the town created and I have the characters. I know the names of all their teachers at school. I know, you know, which teachers are actually vampires. Shh, don't tell them. But you know, it's like uh so when they interact with these people, I know, you know, the guy at the radio shack doesn't like the poor kids from the poor side of town, but the, the guy from the pizza place can't stand the rich folks. And, you know, so it's just like knowing, like Clay said, knowing that world there, there are nights where we won't even roll dice. So it can, it can be whatever it needs to be, but you know, for, for mm -hmm. some players having a connection, like having that physical dice rolling thing is a lot of fun and also keeps them engaged Yeah, and gives them a sense of like, okay, well, if it's just if it's just you telling a story, how do we know whether this succeeds or not? You know, yeah. and I'm always a story trumps rules person. Like if yeah. I if I say that it has to happen because it's the story, I hope that everyone will go along with that because there's a reason. Or if a player says, you know, I do this and I and it's something that I hadn't even thought of, I'll change, you know, I'll change it again and say, okay, well, I think that the story that you're trying to tell is better than the role that you failed. So we're going right. to go with the story you're trying to tell because that's better. That's a better outlet and a better path. I love it, man. Thank you. I'm legit, like, as soon as we finish because I'm probably going to be up for another hour. It's just <laughs> that's, that's awesome. 
because yeah, I've got seven tabs open that I'm going to see. <laughs> yeah, all these things I've got, got them ready. And that's so great. My, my, the reason I'm asking is because like my my oldest is is he's going to be 14 this year. Mm-hmm. He has ADD and he's got this mad imaginative brain and I want him to be able to channel it because I know that he'd be friggin' wicked at this. That's perfect, man. And I've got a six-year-old who is under investigation for ADD, but he, he's displaying all the same symptoms as his, as his older brother. And he's, uh, he's, just, he's just struggling a little bit in general at the moment just with his condition and with he's under investigation at school, but it's lockdown, etc. And he's also got a mad imaginative brain. So I'm looking for something where I can keep them engaged. I can get them telling the story. My my six-year-old's not so great at reading, so I don't want too much reading for him. Uh, Maybe I'll keep his his player attributes written down next to me to help. Yeah, having a copy will definitely help. There's also a couple of sources. Clay may may know some also, but I have found great um, character sheets for kids with dyslexia yep. or kids that have oh, yeah. trouble reading. And it's like, it gives you images along with the attributes to kind of easily find if, what you're looking for. If you're and looking, I can keep that open on my laptop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm or, yeah. myself, so I don't like writing too much, but could I have like the laptop at the end of the table yeah. and just be talking using laptop as like a de facto slideshow maker? I don't know. Oh whatever. yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Um, so there's if you look up at site, there's a site called the Dungeon Masters Guild. Um, the Dungeon Masters Guild is D's pretty much quintessential third party heaven. Um, so you have all these people that have contributed, written their own adventure paths inside the world, and they're you know, all this stuff. And they also do character sheets, they do modules for kids. Um, mm-hmm. you know, specifically like the the day of the dragon fair, you know, where they're doing these carnival games and then they go off and try to steal some money from the dragon, you know? Mm. Um, yes. And so there's a bunch of that type of stuff on there for kids as well in any system. Um, it's mostly D and D fifth edition, but there's stuff for Pathfinder, GURPS, D20 modern, call of Cthulhu, all these other systems, star Wars, you know, um, there's even a system to where you can play Warhammer 40 K with narrative. Um, wow. And so, like, that the guys have created. So there's a whole bunch of stuff there. Um, some of it's free. A lot of it's free. But there are some things that are paid for. Um, I bought stuff, and I spent 10 bucks on, like, six things. Because a lot of the guys are like, look, give me a buck 50. You know? And that's all they want for this, you know, 90-hour thing work of work they've done. You know? Um, and so it's, that's also a great resource um, to be able to go and, and find that stuff on there as well. Um, the Dungeon Masters Guild. Yeah, I've just yeah. found yes. it's dmsguild.com. Or, yeah. All right. Sweet. Um, so for all our listeners as well, we'll be putting the links in the in, in yeah. the description. Uh, anyone else, and also anyone anyone who wants to get on this, hit us up. We'll, we'll happily give you a bit more info or send. You yeah. Um, or I mean, if y'all don't mind me doing this, um, if y'all want to go check out Dragons and Flagons, another podcast I'm on that I started with um, some actually some of my players in my life. Um, it is a wonderful. Um, podcast if i do say so myself it's very down to earth we're very normal people we don't we don't try to be what we're not um and we just got done with a series on what makes a good player what makes a a good dm um which is really useful for new players looking out for what is a good dm trait um and we did a, a the end of that series what makes a bad player and what makes a bad dm um we also talk about COVID in gaming we did a one shot course of north run where we go to kill santa 
Um, <laughs> and uh, yes, lovely. So you can listen to the, the four episodes of that is of us playing D and D. We just started a, li- a let's play podcast called um, the New Normal RPG. Um, if y'all want to check that out, where well, we'll be playing, I'll be DMing and I'll be running through some other things, another campaign. Um, it's a pirate campaign, so yeah. And uh, and listen to that. And we're we love questions, but if you have questions about it and you want to hear a kind of down to earth show, go listen. Because um, we're we're we are geared toward new players. We're geared towards people learning and intrigued um, because we don't want them to make the same mistakes we did when we first started playing. Yeah, um, it's great. It's great fun to listen to. You you guys have really good rapport on the show and that's like that's what makes a a group for me. Thank it's you. like people who can people who can get along but also you're you're entertaining oh, <laughs> to you. listen thank to. You. <laughs> um but yeah, so go check that out if y'all want. Um but yeah, and all the other resources we mentioned today. Um honestly, I wouldn't be half the DM I am without the message boards on these sites without reading what other people are doing without watching critical role or glass cannon or the adventure knots. And there's a ton of, of D and D let's plays out there. Um, one for everyone. And, um, I, I wouldn't be the person I am in this community without it. Um, especially as a DM, um, because honestly it's, it's one of my favorite things in the world. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah, but, um, y'all know where to check us out at for the gaming dads podcast um you know you find us wherever podcasts are sold or rented or whatever you do with those there um you know and be sure to leave us a like and a comment and subscribe so when the new show comes out you're going to be the first one to get it um we have um some great things coming and we want y'all to be able to to see those and hear about those first um so yeah and if you have any issues or any problems or you just want to say hi or suggest a topic gaming dads podcast at gmail.com um and then of course you know right now we just have the gaming dads facebook page if you're in that group what's up guys not you menzer um (laughs) but uh you know but yeah i think it's been fun uh thank y'all for entertaining my super super nerdy side on dnd yeah, absolutely. It was nice to get to to hear someone else's experiences with it, and it was it was nice for me to be able to talk about yeah, you know, some of it too. Because I, I like when you know when people are are nervous about getting involved with it for the first time, and you can give somebody like direction without overwhelming them. That's really the key. Yeah. Is like you can do it. There's a whole world out there, but we're gonna start. <laughs> we're gonna start with these you know first few steps. Yeah. By the way, I'm stealing that dragon idea. Yes. <laughs> that dragon was, fight. That dragon fight. I'm totally so stealing it. Cool. It was so much fun. <laughs> I was never able to get any of my I was never able to get any of that any of that nerdy side out. Where I come from, like you you, you can only really be nerdy about certain things if you didn't want to get a shit kicked out. <laughs> you were allowed you were allowed to be nerdy about WWF at the time, WWE now. <laughs> uh, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Um, All right. And Pokemon cards, but not the Pokemon cartoon. If you watch the Pokemon cartoon, you were a loser. But if you had the Pokemon cards, you had that fat stack. Yeah. Where nobody knew how to play the damn game. Nobody <laughs> knew how to nope. play it. They <laughs> just traded. It was literally just for the the prestige of the cards, man. The I nobody grew up. Had to play it. I grew up told D and D will steal your soul and you'll commit murder. Like that's that's literally what I was told growing up. 
Those are both wow. some very rough upbringings. Imagine playing D and D, leading your character as Jesus and his disciples. <laughs> I've had a character. I've had a player do that, <laughs> <laughs> unbeknownst to me. And about midway through, when he started healing the blind, I'm like, "Motherfucker, you son of a bitch!" Um, it <laughs> Did you make Jesus under my nose? Here's the funny part about that: he's a Wiccan priest. Oh no. <laughs> And what? he has hair down to his ass and a big long beard, so he looks like Jesus. And the first night he played D and D, he we nicknamed him and dubbed him Bitchy Jesus. <laughs> so this dude has been Bitchy Jesus for like five, six years now, and he still finally played Jesus in a campaign, a little one shot we did. And again, like two sessions in, I'm like, "Oh, you motherfucker! Okay, okay, I see what's happening." I said, "Wait till the crucifix, bitch." And he's like, "No, Julio, nice. <laughs> I think that wraps us up, man." All right, so you guys know where to find us. Um, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, you know where to get a hold of us. Um, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing, because honestly, we're loving it. If you leave us a five-star review, I will read it on the podcast. So yeah, leave a comment. If you have questions, uh, find us in the Gaming Downs, or you can even email us. And honestly, we'd love to hear from you, no matter what. Um, if you're a part of the community or not, we want to hear from you. So yeah, it's been a good show, guys. Good game, yeah, good game, good game, indeed. Yeah, I... Thank you all for listening to the GD Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow Gaming Dads on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. You can reach the show at hashtag GDPodcast or GamingDadsPod at gmail.com. For more information... Hey Dad, are you recording? God damn it!